All right. Well, welcome in to uh, episode six of the Holler Podcast. My name is Stephen Borbell, driver of the number two Ford Mustang for Next Level Motorsports. I am joined by Carl to my left. Carl, introduce yourself. Hey guys, this is Carl Pooler again, uh, driver of the 71 Limitless Esports Chevrolet Camaro. Chevrolet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I have a, a, a beat impediment. Uh, but anyway, uh, then uh, to the other side, there's uh, Richard Wilsonford. Hey guys, Richard Wilsonford here, driver of the 56 Stintz-built Chevrolet for Limitless Esports. And uh, Richard hasn't been up to anything new, so uh, we'll move on with... Uh... Just to you, this is the Holler Podcast, where we discuss all things NASCAR and the Butt Kicker Cup okay. Series. Okay. I wanted uh-huh. to take a moment to thank our <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to thank our yep. sponsors, uh, Butt Kicker, this Leader and Haptics, Sundance Pizza, Idealies, and TriVista. Um, just a reminder, the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every Friday, um, live streaming on Facebook on Thursdays and live on those platforms on Fridays. Um, speaking of last week's race... Richard, congratulations. What, on nothing since I haven't been up to anything new? All right, that is our show. We will talk <laughs> to you all next week. Wrap it up, guys. Let's go. <laughs> no, but honestly, uh, congratulations on your win. Um, you and Jared battling up there was, was awesome to see and to see you come away with it. Uh, it made me happy. It made a lot of people happy, so it was good to see. It, um, man, it was it was not an easy win. It Jared was definitely one to be he he honestly had that race pretty much locked down um i mean even in the interview like what i think what he even said was his downfall was just not wanting to take that that chance on the outside restart um and i just happened to get like each restart i knew i was like i've got to get a good restart i have to get a good restart and it's just it, it was literally a matter of a not even a tenth of a second of when he takes off i have to take off it was that minimal and I just finally was able to get that one restart I needed to be able to get in front of him. Because after that, once I had the lead, any other restart after that, I'm taking the outside line. And you're not going to pass someone on the inside unless you full send it. So, no, it was it was awesome racing with him. It's, oh, man, two years. Two years of waiting to finally get a victory. And it, it, it comes at, you know, one of my favorite ways to race in dirt. So that was that felt good. It felt like the monkey is finally off my back. I'd say it definitely is for you, and you uh, mentioned that you like racing dirt. Um, I, I'd like to think that this whole race was really your idea and your your child of sorts. Um, you, you got us the setup from Conti Setups. Um, you, you were basically the admin uh, in charge of this race, making sure that everything is set up properly, making sure we, we know what we're doing, because when it comes to dirt, 90% of us don't know what we're doing. Um, I, I know that was my second ever dirt race, um, so it, it was a wild ride, and it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it, it it was cool seeing you own something like this and then come out and dominate um, in the way that you did. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, I grew up with in dirt track racing. My dad raced street stocks at the local dirt tracks around where we lived. Uh, my grandpa helped him work on the car. I, I was one of the few kids that was with him every Every day he was on the car, I was out there working with him. And anytime I could, I would go out in the, uh, back in the pits with him, you know, on race weekends. So um, I knew how ra- dirt track race events ran with the heat setup. Um, obviously, the last chance qualifiers were unnecessary for us. Uh, and then the feature run. So um, it, was, 
it was good to have that traditional dirt race in the cup cars and team conti did a phenomenal job giving exactly what i asked for when it came to this setup a nice stable setup that anybody of any driving skill could drive and still be comfortable with but still be competitive in and i think that's what this setup definitely delivered yeah for the most part i have to agree with you um it was a hand a handful at times and i know some struggled more than others um but that's come to expect it of at the end of the day i think most of us we joined this league to race asphalt ovals um we don't necessarily come into it thinking we're going to do dirt but if it comes up i mean it's something that you've got to be ready to do um and i believe it was a good learning experience for a lot of people and hopefully it gets them excited to do dirt in the future who knows what we're going to do next season and seasons going forward um but it is something i hope we do bring back uh just for the the difference um it's really important in my opinion to to be a master at so many different disciplines of racing and dirt is just one that i don't get enough work on um, but it was a lot of fun to do yeah and i mean yeah the car was still a handful to drive but that's just the nature of the next gens on dirt in general mm -hmm. um but even with that like just putting in the little bit of practice look at adam adam did not know what he was doing going into that first practice when we finally got this set up and he was up there at the end fighting in third place with me and Jared. So, I mean, just putting in the practice time and then finally understanding and getting just a little bitty tips from me and Jared, like, just, I mean, I tried helping Carl and Carl just, he just can't wrap his head around what to do <laughs> on dirt, man. I, I was, I would tell him, he was like, dude, you just got to feather the throttle. Like, it's it's a lot of pumping that gas like it's, really quick and feathering it because you're not turning the car with the steering wheel. You're using the steering wheel to stabilize the car and you're steering with, you know, your gas pedal. So it, it's, it's definitely a very big difference in discipline driving. And, uh, I, I was really glad that I could take this as, you know, like you called it my baby for this event. I mean, I, I did not ask for Eldora to be on the schedule. I'm one of the admins and whatnot, but I did not, the schedule was made before I was asked. So, it was awesome that that was on the schedule and I was able to take it. Um, I mean, we did run into some issues. We did find out we couldn't run the traditional NASCAR setup where, you know, we have to pit for tires, pit for gas, because you can't do that at Eldora on iRacing. You can't get gas. You can't get tires in the cup cars at Eldora. So we had to basically call an audible with that and had to figure out, uh, okay, what are we going to be able to do? So I came up with the idea we're going to have a typical, you know, run two heats, the heats are going to determine your final starting order for the feature, and then we're going to run a long feature. And it worked out better than I could have anticipated, I think. Yeah, I think it turned out perfectly. Of Having the heats in there made it fun. Of I know Adam and I were in the second heat, and I was more excited watching that first heat than I was the rest of the night um, actually driving. <laughs> but it, it was a really cool setup that I'm not used to, and... Uh, yeah, like you said, we thought or y'all thought about it on the fly, and it worked out perfectly. So I couldn't ask for much more than that. Um, and I, I watched it back two or three times now the race, and honestly, it was some of the most entertaining racing to watch um, that we've had all season, in my opinion. I, I'll agree with you on that one, and I like you know I love seeing Gavin go out there and dominate. He's just he's got so much talent, you know, and. Uh, and even even with Gavin leading all those races that we have, like there's a lot of fighting and a lot of battle back in the mid pack also. But this one, it was good to see a battle for the lead all race. It was it wasn't you know someone up there dominating and then the yellow flag comes out and then a little bit of battle for about ten laps. 
it was it was a battle every lap between me and Jared. And even Jared was having struggles for third. He was getting past at times, but he'd get it back. Um, so no, it was it was awesome to be up there and doing that. And then it was awesome. Like I said, I've watched it three times now. I watched it once like that night after the race. <laughs> uh, and then I threw it on when I was driving to work also uh, just to kind of listen to it because I've got long drives for work. And then uh, me and me and my wife watched it uh later that night as well uh helped clean in the room so we threw it up on the tv so um no it was a very 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 exciting race to watch i was i was very impressed by everyone overall um i mean you had the people that aren't used to dirt track racing they had their issues but they still stuck it out and it was like very much appreciative for them to do that so definitely and again shout out to you for that win um it made a lot of people Happy to see a new winner, not just Gavin out there uh, <laughs> getting another win. But with uh, the race results, so we had you uh, bring home the win. Jared, not too far behind in second. Like you said, he was up there with you all night, y'all battling back and forth. Um, there was only one lead change, but y'all were literally side-by-side side for 95% of that race. Um, Adam rounded out uh, in third. Uh, you also mentioned earlier of Adam not knowing really anything about dirt track racing beforehand i know that was also his second race um in the next gen car on dirt um we did bristol dirt on dirt in general right <laughs> he's so, not even touched dirt in the sim like <laughs> so and like i said a great run for him uh ronnie fourth myself fifth carl uh carl sixth uh brendan maddox seventh christopher campbell eighth patrick hernandez ninth and rounding out the top 10 was evan patinko um honestly that top 10 specifically i'll just end there like i they were competitive all night um yes it was you and jared i felt like we're in a league of your own richard and then there was adam who was basically on his own it felt like for a lot of the time sometimes he'd be up there with you or jared but he was kind of like the next tier and well, then evan have... patinko was challenging him a lot evan, evan, evan had evan speed. was doing wonderful mm-hmm. and unfortunately he got into an incident on that last restart that, that took him back but then it felt like there was like the rest of like what is that fourth through tenth is like my next tier of like they were all like really close to each other the whole night for the most part mm -hmm. um so it was really cool to see that division and in, in shaking up of the typical running positions that we see but carl carl what are your thoughts on this race what did you get from it <laughs> You, you know, and, and Richard brought it up. Yeah, come on, be 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 truthful. Tell us I, the truth first. Okay, so the truth, <laughs> right? I actually grew up. Uh, my dad raced uh, what they called hobby stocks. So you you know your street stocks. Um, at a three eighths of a mile track. Um, it's like twenty minutes away from here, uh, where I'm sitting right now. Um, the theory, and I, Richard, I told you this. The theory, I understand. It all makes sense in the brain, but when your brain has to tell the arms and the feet and the legs what to do and you're not used to it and you, I didn't get nearly enough practicing I just these last couple of weeks uh, especially at work have been really crazy for me so I just really really struggled um and it and it's it was it was it was tough it really was tough honestly um that sixth place position I feel like I was kind of lucky there because 
Um, if you if you go watch that race on that that finish, there's all four of us finishing within like a hundredth of a second of each other. So it was sixth through tenth, all all right there. Sixth through ninth, all right there. Um, so and I was lucky enough to position my car in front of all the other cars that were spinning out across the finish line trying to get those points. Um, I, I knew it was going to be a struggle. I was glad to get that fifth place in the in the heat to get that one. Uh, stage points, the heat points, so that was nice, uh, but it was, um, you know, uh, talking back to Bristol, Bristol Dirts, uh, those fixed setups are really slick, they can be very, very hard to control, and this setup we got, it, it felt, for a slick track, for a dirt track, it had a lot of grip, it was actually really fun, and I think that's another thing that set me off, was I'm so used to it being slick, I'm so used to it just having just no grip and 100% ice, that when I had something that had grip, I didn't know what to do with it, so um, I actually enjoyed the race, I enjoyed dirt racing, um, but it's just not something that I feel like I could do uh, on a regular basis, because I, 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 I like rhythm. Uh, with asphalt tracks, yes, they change, they rubber up, they go up and down on track temp, but it's not extreme. The, ch the track changes aren't extreme, so it's a little easier to keep up with those because they're a little slower. With a dirt track, you have 15, 16 cars on, you give it 10, 15 laps, and that outside line is just, just slicked up. It's gone, and there's rubber up there, but you're just sliding around, so you're trying to find grip, and like another thing Richard said, the inside line, there was grip there, but you could not take it as fast uh, you cannot take it fast enough to make any speed on it. You, you, if you wanted to pass, you had to get down there early on in either one and three, do the slide job, get in front of your guy on the corner exit, and hope that the guy is nice enough and lifts off the throttle or and doesn't spin you out or otherwise kind of put you in the wall because that's that's another place where I ended up a lot is that outside wall. <laughs> so you weren't the only one. It was, it, yeah, it was definitely one of those uh, uh, situations where it. It was an experience, and I I, I love the experience and the whole um, different feel of the track selection and everything else. It's it's almost a hundred percent learning all the time, and I I really enjoy the challenge. So I overall um, I lucked I lucked into a sixth place finish, and I will take that. Yep, one uh, one spot behind me again. <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Borbell besting pooler again. Oh man, dude! Honestly, <laughs> these last what three, four races, I have struggled. I finished outside the top ten at Atlanta, seventh at Coda. I did. Oh, where was I? Seventh, eighth at Kern. Kern was a struggle, and this one, I'm looking. Uh, hopefully, I'm decent at Gateway this uh, upcoming week. So I'm really hoping to recover and get back into my top five ways, and hopefully uh, make sure Stevens in my rear view when we finish. <laughs> We'll see about that, and we'll talk a little bit more about Gateway in a minute. But um, I, I think that's all I really wanted to cover about this race. Um, oh, of course. And I was about to ask, Richard, if you wanted to add anything else to it. Um, obviously, you, you were on the spotlight. You won the race. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> I thought your thought was still processing. No. I was waiting. <laughs> no thoughts are running through here. No, honestly, I've got nothing else to add. It was, like I said, it was awesome to finally get that win. Um, it, it's great. It's definitely a great feeling, that's for sure. Um, but I, I will say what was really funny is whenever the feature started, I don't think Trevor, one of our broadcasters, he was expecting the fireworks to fire <laughs> off. He got, like, if you listen carefully, you hear him go, oh. Like, he was like, what's going on? <laughs> 
Well, because so, in the sim, it sounds like something is breaking or like it, it's just it not working. It doesn't sound like explosions. Um, I knew that caught us off guard Monday night when we were doing the practice race. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my goodness. And they're going on for like two or three laps. Um, yeah, Adam was kind of freaking out. He's like, what is going on? What is that noise? Who's wrecking? I'm like, those are fireworks, dude. He goes, oh. Eldora definitely doesn't have a shortage of fireworks. That's for sure. But with that, we'll move on to our meatball of the week. Um, there are a lot of great <laughs> candidates this week. Don't want to understate any of them. Um, but Richard, since you won, we'll give you the first meatball of the week. Of oh, my your selection. gosh. I can't say that this was a bonehead move because it was honestly a good attempt. It was funny to watch on broadcast also. It was the 21 David Hall. Ah, man. And he spun out in turn four, and he tried to back, like, just let the car back up and roll into the pits to get out of the way. It was such an awesome attempt, man. He did so good trying to get off the track, and he got off the track, but sadly, iRacing was like, nope, here's the yellow flag. So, uh, I can't, I mean... Yeah, it's the meatball of the week, but I mean, it's it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was really awesome to see him try to do that. It just didn't work out. That was so. Yeah, David Hall backing into the pits after a spin was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. Like that was one of the coolest moments I've seen um, in watching it back on the broadcast. Of he he did it pretty flawlessly. Like it was a perfect pirouette, and then can just throw it in reverse real quick and back it up into pit road. Um, so I think I'd have to agree with you if I have to do something else, I'd say I racing for just throwing cautions when they did it, Eldora, it felt odd. Um, I think there was, so there was that one with, uh, and there was one with, uh, Dustin when he was coming out of pit road for just exiting pit road, they threw a caution. Um, so for whatever reason, Eldora had pit road as being very sensitive. And then sometimes there was someone that got up into a wall with someone else and a caution doesn't come out. Like on when we were taking the white flag, there was a wreck on the back stretch, which at a normal oval or an asphalt oval to me brings out a caution. There's a, there's a car on the wall sideways and there's a car running into it. Um, I don't know what their logic is or what the different logic is for maybe dirt, um, that they use, but it, it was interesting. It it almost seemed like it was speed dependent because yeah, there was people exiting pit road, but there were also individuals trying drivers trying to get onto pit road. Or um, we had a one of the really long runs we had kind of towards the second half of the race where um, Richard and Jared and the leaders, Adam himself too, were coming up on some of the lap cars, and no fault to them, they were trying to stay low, trace stay slow out of the way, but they were slow enough to cause that caution. So that was another thing. So. Uh, maybe maybe increase that speed threshold a little bit in the coding, whatever they do at well, iRacing, but that's about it. The, the problem is with dirt track racing, like you're in a normal dirt track race. You're not pitting under green. It's not happening. So mm -hmm. it's not coded into the dirt tracks for us to be able to pull into pits under a green flag stop. So you watch a dirt late model race at Eldora, they ain't going into the pits unless it's yellow because a wreck happened, and that's the only reason you went into the pits. They're not changing tires in the middle of a race. They're not getting fuel in the middle of a race. So, yeah, it's it's just the coding of dirt track racing, and Bristol is different just because that's how that works. It's a regular NASCAR track. So, um, so yeah, that's that's really all it was. If, if people weren't trying to pit, even coming out of the pits, you don't really come out of the pits mm -hmm. under a green flag either in dirt track racing. It just doesn't doesn't happen at least at eldora if there was like 
it's just the way that the coding works in a lot of the dirt tracks. It's 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 unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it, I mean it is what it is. And I think overall we we did the best we could with those situations. Yeah, no, they definitely weren't race ruining. Um, I did have a concern though that once we learned someone can pull out of the pits call to cause a caution that someone may use that to their advantage or a teammate's advantage. Not I I'm hopeful enough that no one would do mm-hmm. such a thing, but that was the first thing that popped into my head of there's a loophole here and someone can expose it essentially. Um, so I'm glad we didn't have to deal with that. Thankfully uh, we have a bunch of guys with a bunch of integrity. So it's uh, <laughs> good. Um, but yeah. Anything else to add for the meatball of the week? Well, um, yeah, I love this guy so much. He's, Uh-oh. he's fun to be around. I love <laughs> racing around him, but Oh my God, Brendan. Max. I knew it. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. I you know, I, we, him and I race around each other at least half of the track, half of the race, the, the 100 lap race. We were around each other. He was passing me. I was passing him. And it was hilarious because he had, he was trying that slide job every corner. And there were two or three corners. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm trying to survive out here. And Brendan's like, full send, full send every time. And in fact, uh, him, uh, I, and Patrick all got together on that final uh, uh, lap and coming out of four, it was kind of a really weird accordion effect. Patrick came down into me, into Brendan, into me, turned me up, and I kind of kept them on the track, but I was in front of them. So that's how I got that whole sixth place finish. So, um, and, and it's only just because it was just really crazy at the time seeing him just every corner send it. I've never, I wouldn't have the guts to do that kind of stuff um, just because I'm a coward. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just that, that that would be my meatball of the week is Brendan just no fear send every corner every lap it was it was it was now looking back at it it was hilarious but at the time it was a little frustrating it's definitely frustrating and I saw him there was one time earlier in the race he did it in front of me and I think he ended up wrecking himself from it and then uh, if I'm I could be wrong but I think with the three to go or whatever he's the one that brought out the caution I guess technically I I got into him a little bit but I mean mm-hmm. he, he he dove it down and uh and spun it out right in front of me kind of thing so I, I was on the edge of my seat every time I saw him in my rear view of expecting hit to full send it but that well was... and, it, and it was really it was it's crazy because i think there was like five minutes left in the practice we're getting five minutes ready for qualifying he comes on the radio and says um does anyone have tips <laughs> and so i was like oh this is gonna get very interesting very quick and then it damages my ego even further he's there five minutes before we're qualifying asking for tips and then he qualifies better than i do <laughs> so i'm just kind of like and again, what am I doing wrong? What? How? How can I be this bad? I thought I knew this, but you know that just goes to prove that. Uh, and and Rev is great about this. A uh, couple of words from Rev, he gets to observe from that eagle's nest up there, and you know he can give you some really po- some great pointers, some things to focus on and work on. And I know when he's helped me a couple times. I've gained time. So uh, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised if Brennan is asking for help, Rev's putting in that help, and Brennan put that, you know, uh, all those tips and advice to work. So um, 
at the time, it was frustrating, but good on Brendan to keep it in there and ask for help, get that help, and take that help and, uh, and put it into the race. So uh, it, it is the meatball for me, but it was also really fun to see him out there trying. Um, you mentioned, uh, I think, Richard, we were 15 minutes left in practice, and we only had like 10 cars, so it, it was a little scary, but uh, all those guys showing up and at least putting in the effort was great to see. Definitely. I was a little worried about the attendance going into of it being dirt. I don't know how many people are familiar with dirt, but it, it ended up uh, being a good turnout, um, better than expected. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely good to see. Uh, and after this week, now the standings remained relatively um, stable. Uh, if I can figure out how to pull them up now with this update. <laughs> when Sim Racer Hub changed all this, it made it you know what's crazy there was a lot of updates for a lot of websites in general right around the first of the year so um and, and i've seen it at work i've seen it here it, it's interesting so it's it's gonna take a little getting used to but it's it's kind of nice it's a little more streamlined it, i feel it is it's it's prettier uh for the ui at least the the font got a nice update and stuff like that but the old way was just so like basic here's your data and once you learn how to get that data, you got it. And now it's a little bit better, I guess. It'll just take a minute. But for the standings, Gavin missing the race still remains at the top of the standings. Ronnie closed the gap. Now he's within 22 points of uh, Gavin. I remain in third. Adam is fourth. Uh, just, what is that now? Three points behind me. So he's hot mm -hmm. on my heels. So <laughs> got to step up my game to keep that, uh, keep that spot. Carl, you remain in fifth. Uh, 44 points behind Adam, Evan 6th, Jared Hughes 7th, Richard Wolsifer in 8th, uh, right in the thick of things now at the middle of the of the chase pack, uh, Patrick Hernandez 9th, Christopher Campbell 10th, Zachary King 11th, Dustin Stallings 12th, Matthew Erickson 13th, up two spots, our first mover of the week in the standings, Brandon Maddox 13th um, as well with Matthew Erickson, and then 15th is Jeremy Clapper Newell. So, that battle for 10th place now is getting very, very close between at least five drivers um, mm -hmm. within, what is that, all within 20 points. Um, so, I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Uh, I know Patrick Hernandez has now worked his way into that top 10 um, with some impressive runs as of late, um, mm -hmm. ever since he had joined us. Uh, he's been quick pretty much everywhere. Um just want to get y'all's thoughts on these uh, standings of how we sit currently and, and what we can look forward to these next, what, three races before the chase? Three or four. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, and so you, you hit on a couple of drivers there. Uh, one, Evan Patinko, they're in sixth. He has shown a ton of speed, and I've, I've he's blown by me. He went by me in, in Kern. He went by me at Eldora. I saw him race by me a couple times at Coda. He has some some seriously bad luck, I think. Evan Patinko has, has a ton of speed, but really, really bad luck. And then Patrick Hernandez on there, uh, he's definitely a late entry into... Uh, the league, he's done really well. He's been very vocal uh, about how he's struggled. Uh, Coda, Kern, and Eldora. He's been very vocal. It's kind of not to pick on you, Patrick, because I think you're gonna either you're listening to this now or going to listen to it. But um, it, it's kind of funny to hear you like, oh, I'm, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm really struggling. But then he comes out, you know, 
fifth place finish, sixth place finish, seventh place finish. He's up there. So he's struggling, but he he finds a way to get towards kind of further up at the end of the race. He figures out the track. He figures out the car. So Patrick Hernandez could be a very interesting driver uh, as uh, not only the regular season progresses, but once we get into the playoffs and the chase, it's going to be fun to see what he can do with the clean slate. And, you know, Patrick, him and I were in one of the first uh, practice sessions for Eldora, and it was just him and I in there. And uh, it, it kind of disheartened him a little bit because he, he was working his best. And as soon as I get out there, literally the first lap I put down was like five tenths faster than him. Not He's like, how? Brag. How, man? <laughs> well, I mean, it, he was learning. He was learning yeah. how to do it. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, you know, a, like a brag or anything like that. So it just, he was like, how the heck are you guys so faster, you know? And, and I, got, I got to helping him a little bit, teaching him how to drive the track. And then... Um, you know, and I, I got to talk to him also. I was like, uh, you know, one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to race day is your mental. And I even told mm -hmm. him, I was like, you know, you, you beat yourself up a lot in all these races, you know, and I know you get into a lot of drivers that aren't your fault. And it's 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 disheartening. I, I get it. I've been there. I, I mean, I was I wrecked out of Daytona because of, you know, something that wasn't my fault. I got spun out at a at Nashville again something that wasn't my fault that ruined both of my races there so it it definitely is disheartening but like when it comes to racing like you can you can recover with your skill as long as you can overcome your mental state i was like i was like i i am always on top of carl when it comes to his mental state mm -hmm. like carl is every time he spins out over something carl's like getting pissed off on the radio and he's struggling to get back into a groove and, you know, usually I try to wait till a caution. I was like, dude, it's time to reset, mm -hmm. okay? It's a new green flag. It's a new chance. Reset the mind. Let's get back to doing this, okay? Just mm -hmm. concentrate on, on finishing at the moment. So, and I think once, and, and you know, the biggest thing is Carl has me to be able to do that with him. And I think if, if Patrick has someone like that in his, in his ear every race, I think Patrick is going to be a phenomenal competitor mm -hmm. in – the rest of the season next season and yeah this 10th place battle is going to be one to watch like it's i mean we have ronnie norman and gavin rogers going for the regular season championship that's going to be great to watch as well because i mean people like that regular season championship mm -hmm. but i think the biggest competition right now for the rest of the season is going to be the fight for 10th place because that's the cutoff for the chase and once you get into that 10th place on that final race of the regular season Points are reset. It is a mm -hmm. new season now for those 10 drivers. So it's, it is going to be awesome to see what those, you know, four, was it four or five drivers that are, I think it's what, a 20 point difference between yeah, all of them for the most part? 20. Yeah, it is, it is insanely close, like all things considered. Bonus points, uh, finish position, it's all going to matter mm -hmm. in these next couple races. And, well, uh, and real quick, sorry to cut you off, Carl, but uh, Ashley Pooler uh, left a comment <laughs> just to, to thank you, Richard. Uh, she appreciates you for calming Carl down and uh, being his rock of sorts. <laughs> and, and, you know, to build off that, and I, I can kind of, I, I actually really help, uh, I can't say help, but I identify with Patrick is... Um, we, we kind of have the same mindset. We know we have the ability to run better than what we're running. And we're really our own worst enemy. And when we, we start questioning ourselves and uh, making really dumb mistakes. And I think uh, that's what Patrick and I have, kind of have in common a lot is we make really 
really dumb mistakes that are, we, we can avoid. I mean, uh, let's look at Coda. That one turn, the, the, the really slight uh, left-hander right before the second hairpin. Um, it, it's it's super easy to spin out, but I told myself all practice that race, like, watch out. You know, you're going to wreck. You're going to spin. And I did 80% of the race just fine. But on that last stage, getting going, I had fresh tires. I had a good position. I just bumped it a little too much, and that little mental mistake set me back. I lost two, three spots, and I maybe gained one back. So um, being your own worst enemy is is very difficult to overcome uh, as a driver because you have to not only focus on yourself but focus on the other drivers around you. But if you're your own worst enemy, then you got to focus on internal, how you're going to race it, how you're going to recover, how you're going to focus moving past that mistake and uh that's i think we both uh patrick and i really still have um some work to do there no we've talked about it before um with patrick i don't remember what episode it was i don't know if it was a week or two weeks ago um he he does have a lot of potential in in getting himself a teammate whether or not i don't know if he's in a team chat during the races um or what it what it may be but getting him um Getting him a Richard, we'll say, um, somewhat, somewhat <laughs> yeah. to support him. Uh, because yeah, it, it an be emotional critical. support teammate. Exactly. <laughs> emotional support driver. Exactly. Um, because Get him a vest! <laughs> there you go. For, for most of the time, I, I feel like I'm also in that role um, with my team of typically I'm the third running driver, so I'm essentially like the, the team's biggest cheerleader at times. Um, <laughs> and... I think he needs something like that um, to to elevate him to that next level, uh, next level oh, motorsport. Man, speaking of a cheerleader, <laughs> I, I know we're going. I'm going back to last week's race, but when we were getting close to the end of the race, man, Carl, like, I'm freaking out a little bit because like I, I was glad some cautions came out because I was just like, oh, oh, Jared was catching me. I needed a break. I needed a breather. <laughs> like, and then like when the last caution came out, I was I was mad because I was I had a a hefty mm-hmm. lead ahead of jared i was like dude i just want to finish this and then you know carl he's sitting there like trying to calm me down he's like just drive your race you've been doing great and i'm like i know i know i know carl thank you i know i'm good and then like i'm like getting irritated because i keep making really stupid small mistakes just getting in the wall and um carl he's trying to get my mind off it now he's like yelling at the issues he's having with other drivers <laughs> and i finally was like carl i am sorry i'm gonna be an ass right now but you need to shut up <laughs> oh man it, it, you know it, it's i think richard that's how we work so well we really feed off of each other's energy off of each other's uh support cheery whatever you want to call it I, I think that's why we work really well together as teammates is if one of us is having a rough time the other one tries to pick us up or you know either distraction or something like that so um it, it's it's very rare to find a teammate and it, or i should say just people in general to surround yourself like that and so uh, i think uh being lucky having those teammates steven you have gavin and adam adam uh and gavin are both great guys great drivers so i think uh, having that support could mean the world to your development in general. So it's 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 good to have that com- uh, camaraderie and uh, that support. Definitely. And I brought up earlier of how many races we have until uh, the chase starts. So it's four more, um, including this coming week. So we have Gateway this coming week, um, Michigan. A track. Oh, I'm going to pull up the schedule. I just had it. I lost it. 
um, sorry, Rockingham, Oof. and then Rock. So yeah, Rockingham's going to be interesting. Yes, it is. Going to be very interesting. Um, growing up, I was that was always one of my favorite tracks. So we'll see. But that will get us into next week's race of Gateway or Worldwide Technology Raceway in St. Louis, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Well, um, well hold on. Can, can, before we go, can we still talk? I know we oh, covered yeah. one Please. driver in the points, and that was Patrick. But, I mean, we have all the way down to 15th. Like, there are seven drivers that are fighting for 10th place. Now, if I'm, you know, just for reference to everybody, seven drivers. I mean, we have Jeremy Clapper Newell uh, there in 15th with 25 points behind the line. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibility of getting there. Brendan Maddox also, who has been really aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, like especially like every race he's aggressive, but he's he's doing what he needs to do. He's 19 mm-hmm. behind tied with Matt Erickson, who's also like these guys are mm-hmm. all phenomenal competitors. I mean, you got Dustin Stallings there in 12th, Zachary King in 11th, who's only 10 behind the line. Mm-hmm. Like and Zachary King, honestly, Zach can easily get into the chase if he could just fix his Internet. Like, and I know there's some sometimes there's issues behind trying to fix your internet kind of thing, but I think if Zach could somehow have just good connection the la- the rest of this season, he can easily get up there in that top ten. It, and, like I said, it is a very close fight for that final chase cutoff. And I can argue the same about Dustin. Um, That's true. Dustin's biggest biggest hindrance is his internet of him dropping out and then going a couple laps down i don't know how many laps down he finished this week but i know he disconnected and then finished five laps down or whatever it was like mm-hmm. it's so unfortunate um for those well, two to have those situations and you know i'm going to take zach king as an example um showing up putting in laps uh even though his connection may not be the best he's been able to finish races he's been able to get spots he's been able to find a way into the top 10 stay on staying on the lead lap um that kind of consistency can get you into the chase and zach king um excuse me is definitely kind of almost the poster child for that because he he has showed up for almost every race i he's choking up he's getting uh, emotional yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> just, I mean, so it's just there all the time. It's just, it's, well, it's you know, it, it kind of is because uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go back uh, to last season in the previous league we were all in. Um, we had the top sixteen and stuff like that. Uh, with those guys, we had. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the top twelve. Yep. And with all those guys, um, there was a ton of talent. You had Nigel, you had Alex, Adam, of course, Steven, yourself, uh, Gavin. I mean, that it, it was stacked. Um, but I was able to get in on the points, get into the chase. I wasn't a competitor for the championship by a long shot, but I was able to get in there by being consistent, showing up to every race, trying to finish every lap, doing what I can, and sometimes... That's what you need to do. You just need to show up, and Zach is doing that despite everything. And I, they're, they're, I got to tip my hat to him at least sticking through it at the, uh, so far this season. Yeah, and if you get in, who knows what could happen? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the beauty of it. Uh, we have a variety of tracks, um, including Talladega, Watkins Glen, um, <laughs> stuff like that. Of you have no idea what's going to happen in those races, so you sneak mm-hmm. in at nine or ten. You're the underdog. No one's even thinking about you giving giving you a chance or anything. You might come away with the the whole thing in five weeks. Um, 
Exactly. That's so, it's, and it's insane to think about. It's the beauty of it, though, and that's that goes with all sports, though. Um, mm-hmm. Just make it. You never know. Just give yourself a shot, and uh, the consistency or um, showing up every week is giving yourself that best shot. Mm-hmm. So, anything else y'all want to highlight? No, no, no. I'm good now. I, <laughs> we just we've covered one driver of those drivers fighting for ten. So I just wanted to go back and give them all a shout out, man. Talk about yeah. all of them. <laughs> and David's commenting here on the Facebook. <laughs> You're welcome as being the meatball. And David, we love your sense of humor and uh, the fact that you are uh, definitely one yeah. of those guys that. Hope you're having <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the dad joke of the week. That was bad. Yeah. Oh man, hey, it was better than my one earlier in the yours was oh but yeah that was it, it, it was great so it, it it's it's fun to see all these drivers vying for that final spot and and it just goes to show that yes everyone wants that championship but you need a shot at that championship first and these guys are looking for that shot and it's good to see that drive good to see that passion and that energy like you said uh richard brendan he, he just sends he is full go no stop but it's great to see uh it's frustrating sometimes as a driver being around that but it's great to see him putting that in there and saying you know what i want to take a chance and hope it ends up good and it's it's fun to see uh at the end the um the results and the kind of drama around that last spot so and, and you know i kind of want to talk about like the point system right now as well uh real quick and no, uh, i know i'm running low on time i've got hold on it's not a secrets thing okay i'm not telling people how to build points finish better that's just the easiest I mean, yeah, answer pretty much. uh but um <laughs> not like here's this is i think the biggest dividing point throughout all of nascar Obviously, this season, we are doing a chase-style format. So the 10 drivers are going to be the chase, and then it's a points rush to the end of the season. Whoever has the most points in the chase at the end of the season, they're the winner. Like, right now in real NASCAR, they do the playoff format, which we have done in prior leagues. And for me, like, I enjoyed the old points format, I enjoyed the chase format, and I really enjoy the playoff format. Because, like, in the chase style, like we're talking about right now, look at this. We have stuff to talk about we have drama building of like who because it's just like in any other sports thing it's like what do these teams what do these drivers have to do to give them the shot to win the championship it's not like oh there's five lap uh five races left of the season and this driver's already locked it in he just has to start and park basically mm-hmm. like i know a lot of people are like oh i missed the old points format and it's like yeah but look at the excitement that builds in the playoffs mm-hmm. like like I'm sorry, like, I enjoy the consistency, and I know a lot of people try to sit there and say, like, uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, he got his seven championships because of the new format or whatever. It's like, the difference is, though, is, like, the drivers have to drive different now than what they did back, you know, early 90s, late 2000s. It is a different race now. They have to think different. They have to plan different. They have to strategize different. And... I love the drama that the playoffs brings. I really mm-hmm. do, especially watching the new NASCAR series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That was all actually really fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching that Netflix series. If you guys haven't seen the whole thing yet, go watch it. Definitely. But, like, I love the drama that the playoffs brings and, like, oh, my God, what do we have to do to be able to make it into the playoffs? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Ross Chastain last year. Was it last year? No, uh, a couple years ago at Martinsville. Yeah, 2022. Mm-hmm. And in order to get 
advance into the Final Four, he pulled the Hail Melon. Like, that is a move that's going to be talked about forever. And I know a lot of people are going to be annoyed by it, but I'm sorry. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Well, I'm sorry. If, if, if you do something that NASCAR or, or whatever governing body it, you're racing for, and you do something that the next year the governing body has to make a rule specifically <laughs> for that exact <laughs> event, you, I think that's exactly what we're looking for is – who would have thought to run around three and four on the wall, full throttle, to get that spot? Kyle Larson at Darlington. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle Larson did it too. Well, and, and on on the flip side of that coin, let's go to uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the F1 Championship last year. Um, in terms of constructors' championship, Red Bull, Red, Red Bull won it, <laughs> and there was still three races to go in the season. Max Verstappen had a clean sweep, uh, clean sweep the race before that. There was no mathematical possibility. Max Verstappen could have gotten zero points for the last four races of last season and still won the championship. Yeah, he could have won and a vacation. Exactly. He, he could have extended his vacation, his offseason, by another month and still won the championship. And I think that's the one thing... Uh, one of the many things that NASCAR is trying to do to attract is there is no off time. There is no guaranteed. Uh, how many uh, seasons since the playoffs have begun where the dominator of the regular season gets into the playoffs and then doesn't get past the round of 12 or the round of 8 because either speed or bad luck or whatever have you and they, they can't get up there. So I think for the racing product, for the drama, for the headlines, the playoffs are huge. The chase is huge. And we ourselves are experiencing that in our own little league on our virtual iRacing world. And it's exactly. fantastic. And that's yeah, why I, I wanted it. to bring it up. Because look at it. We are having a blast <laughs> talking about that 10th and final chase position. Definitely. Like, it's only going to get more like, exciting. Like even, like, even if the race up front is happening or whatever, but it's between Ronnie Norman and Gavin Rogers and even Adam Buzio, like, oh, that's cool and everything. But, like, we need to... F- you're not going to be up there, Borbell. It's okay. This guy, <laughs> he, he, he goes first and standing, second and standing, skips over third and goes right to Adam. Like, I mean, oh man. No, well, and but look, look, we have four races left. We have Michigan, a two miler, uh, practically a super speedway almost. A then Rockingham speedway. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have that. Then Rockingham. And, and and then Homestead. there's Homestead. There's a lot going on. And then we open the chase with a road course of Watkins Glen. Uh, it, it's it's just absolute insanity, the schedule. And it's so fun to see, so fun to race. Challenging, very, very challenging. This is probably the most challenging schedule I've ever been a part of in any league. But it's been so very satisfying, so very fun, and I've learned so much. So uh, it's only going to get way more exciting, and I hope you all tune in for the next few races. I'll, I'll see if I can find the speed I had at Coda at Watkins Glen, and I'll, I'll teach you something, Carl, but I don't oh, know if I will. Please. <laughs> I don't know if I will. <laughs> to touch on the points again, I, I'm glad that we have the format that we do mm-hmm. um, because I feel like there's a spectrum of points formats that at least NASCAR has done. You have the old-school um, Winston Cup format where it's the full season – points mm-hmm. and so on if we had that format we'd be realistically we'd be looking at gavin and ronnie um mm-hmm. yes there there's chances of other things happening but realistically <laughs> the, those are the two let's be real at. i'm you know, being 100 percent honest um then you have 
like Richard brought up, the playoff format. Um, I, that's on the other end of the spectrum. That's just all mm-hmm. chaos all the time. You better be on your A game in the playoffs. Um, and you can just sneak in in the regular season. Anything could happen. Literally anything could happen in the playoffs. Um, and then what we have here with the chase format, to me, it, it's the best of both worlds in ways. Yes, there are some cons to it. Um, it might not be perfect in everyone's eyes, but it, it puts some emphasis on the regular season to make sure you mm-hmm. qualify for that chase. But then it also puts emphasis on the playoffs and being consistent, not when you're in or when you're done. Of What if the person, let's just say, for instance, Gavin goes into Phoenix with a 30-point cushion as opposed to if we're in the playoff formats, four drivers and they're all on equal playing fields. Well, why does Gavin get punished for doing so well in the previous four playoff races when mm-hmm. he, he deserves that because he had the consistency? So I think it rewards the consistency um, and mm-hmm. gives you a, this. A, it's a hot topic and it's debatable, but it, it gives you a more often deserved winner, in my opinion. I, I can I can see that. Um, I definitely can see that. But I mean, like. The consistency is nice, but again, like I said, it's two different styles of racing that you have to do now between the chase format and the playoff format. Mm-hmm. Like in mm-hmm. in the playoff format, you're racing to just get into the next mm-hmm. group. That's all you're racing for. Because especially once you get to that final four, now it's like, all right, who's the better driver? Like, mm-hmm. get out there, or who has go the show who's the best driver. Or... Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, who's the better team? We'll who's put it that way, because like, because the team rev- it. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, the team is it involves everybody. It involves the driver. It involves the team, the the crew that made the car. It involves the pit crew. Because look at Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin got screwed in multiple races because of his pit crew, not because of anything he did. He had a dominant car, and his pit crew screwed him over out of a win. So, uh, well, I, I mean, I, I do I do enjoy this chase format. I it's it's definitely going to be really interesting to see it back in action well and in looking at the chase it starts with Watkins Glen then we go to Darlington uh then Talladega Auto Club and Phoenix I mean those are all wildly different tracks Uh, the goal to get one of each basically a style I mean, the only thing you're missing is a dirt race, really. Yeah, and I don't think we're going <laughs> to no, do a dirt race. No, and, uh, I, no. I will vouch for that and say do not do a dirt race in the playoffs or the chase. Don't do that. Yeah, I, don't I mean, that's, that's it. And in, in that, again, kind of anything plays into Gavin's hand because he is just fast. He's talented. He can perform anywhere. I mean, look, he was he didn't even show up. He was in California vacation uh, going to Disneyland um, this this week, and he still finished third. In first place. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Adam. Forever third. Hashtag. Uh, but no, Gavin, um, again, he, he missed one race. He, zero points. He's big old goose egg, and he's still at the top. So, um, it, it's 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 going to be very very interesting as the, the everything progresses. I, I honestly think Gavin and Norman have the battle between themselves, but that third spot maybe there could be a, a surprise winner. Um, I know I suck at Darlington. Road courses aren't my strength, but who knows what happens to Talladega? Auto Club is kind of the same way. Another two mile. Uh, almost a super speedway and so a lot can happen there too and so it's going to be very interesting those five races of the playoffs all right anything else guys 
I want to pet Richard's dog. All right, that's I'm gonna take that as uh, we're gonna keep going oh. forward here. I just realized I didn't know my dog was in the background. Nico, we want to make sure Richard uh, can talk about what he wants to talk about before he's got to get uh, get ready for the podium uh, heat race he's uh, participating in. Well, I know Richard really wanted to talk about his dirt win, and we did that. So did I think that, uh, so. Richard's pretty satisfied. <laughs> oh, no, taking his headphones. Taking everything, man. <laughs> but with that, we will move on to next week's race. It's uh, the insert sponsor name because I don't know who the sponsor is for the race. So I'm sorry, uh, whoever the sponsor is so far. Don't have that information yet, um, but we'll get it out. Uh, 200 at gateway or worldwide tech whatever you want to call it um so that's what is that 160 laps at gateway because it's a mile and a quarter it's a it's a flat track um gives a lot of darlington and new hampshire vibes um with a little bit of something else um it's different uh, but it's it's a fun track it's very technical and uh i'm, I'm excited to see what happens because going back now a couple of years, um, that was actually where my first league win was. Um, thanks to Adam and uh, Gavin <laughs> getting into each other in the final corner uh, gave me some room to get under them. So was I'm excited to go back. Uh, it was mm-hmm. with Wicked, yes. Season one? Season one. Wow. Yep. So Throwback. Throwback. <laughs> I remember years. calling that race. It was a very, very crazy end of that race. Yes. Yeah, so. there's Carl, man. Boot the seat driver right there is what he <laughs> oh, is. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I just it, – it, it was one of those races where um, – and, and, and I, I, I'm going to augment what you said there, Stephen. The second half of the track is flat. Three and four very flat. One and two are – have a decent amount of banking, but it's so much sharper. Uh, Gateway is one of those uh, tracks where I feel like you're either good in one or two or three or four. Um, I was actually, I think, I don't know if I was talking to Richard, but uh, one and two, I feel great on. I feel one and two, you can gain spots, especially if you can break later. Uh, you can get around on the inside and make a move. But three and four, those long, that long sweeping corner, that long flat corner, I really struggle. And especially, I really like to hug the curb there. But if you touch the curb, you're getting spun out. So, uh, um Worldwide Technology Raceway is going to be another one of those very interesting races to see who can prevail on the differing sides of the track. And I think who can gain the most time in one or two or three and four, that's what's going to decide the winner of this race. Mm-hmm. And I think tires are very important here. Sorry, Richard, if mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell if you were yawning or wanted to talk. but uh... Yawning. I'm an old okay. man. <laughs> you bring up how flat uh, corner or three and four are. Uh, they are very flat, and it's a very long corner. You're waiting to get on the throttle mm-hmm. forever. It feels like um, you, you try to get into the corner a little bit sideways, a little bit loose to to really gain around that bottom of the track. And like you said, if you hit those those rumble strips down there, it's mm-hmm. super super easy just to to get the car to come out from under you. Um, but I, I think the key for that corner specifically is to set yourself up for the long straightaway um, coming up and mm-hmm. not get into it too hot and because you'll easily go onto that outside of the wall with how flat it is. You don't have the, the graciousness of the banking helping you turn. So mm-hmm. that seems to be where a lot of accidents occur um, coming out of four. I, 
for whatever reason. It, it's slick. People try to get on the gas too soon, maybe push up into someone on their outside and turn them or, mm -hmm. or what. And and that's that's what's funny about sh formerly known as Chicagoland is it's either four or one. So it's either you're struggling to break, struggling to get that grip, struggling to find that line into one or the same story, but coming out of four on the acceleration, on the flat corner, uh, getting that straight exit. It's one or the other. And it's really funny that it's either way, it's going to be on the front straightaway. But it, it's funny how that works out uh, the way that the, the track layout is. So, um, again, who can do better and who's better at which end of the track? If, if you can be... Um, consistent, you may not be fast, but if you're consistent around both ends of the track, that may be the key coming up this week uh, with this this um, kind of egg-shaped track. Yeah, and another point I wanted to bring up was this track is in, has a very interesting shift pattern um, to mm -hmm. it dif of how different the corners are. You you shift in different spots and you shift down to different gears. I was running some some practice laps earlier with Richard and it wasn't coming back to me uh, immediately. So I asked Richard, I'm like, Hey, what, what are you, what are you shifting into in this corner? And then this corner, um, cause whatever I was doing just didn't feel natural, but we, we agreed mm -hmm. to it of, of what we were doing. Um, but it's very weird, but down shifting, especially in both the corners can really get you slowed down super quickly. And if you maybe went too hot into one of the corners, it can get you back down to that bottom um, where you can make that speed back up. So that will be a big key is um, down shifting at the correct times. And, and that can open up a passing lane. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in the downshifting is tricky. Um, so, if you are too late, and, and, and this is this goes into how to use the car to help you turn. So uh, the general idea of downshifting into a corner for, with one of these vehicles is, yes, you're using the brake. Obviously, you hit the brake pedal, you slow it down on your car on the highway. Uh, but with these cars, you're trying to go as fast as you can, scrub as little speed as possible while still making the corner. So you're going to downshift. Um, I've done... Uh, you know, for some reason, I don't know how this has happened, but I think I've raced Gateway out of 90% of any of the leagues I've run. And I've noticed it's either A, you either shift too late, you miss the apex because you didn't use your engine to brake and help you through the corner. So you're going to miss the apex, you're going to exit up wide. Or B, on the other side, you shift too early, you get that wheel hop, those tires want to start locking up on you. You're spinning into the corner. So not only do you have to worry about the cars outside of you, the cars in, uh, inside, outside, in front, in back, but you also got to focus on how to drive the car, make sure that you're not spinning out on corner entry, not missing your apex and corner exits. Um, and Gateway really challenges all those technical sides of the car and how to drive. So um, it... it it again whoever can master all of these aspects will end up with that checkered flag richard anything else you want to add into gateway or you want to give uh, anyone not much your, your i'm tips? still i'm still trying to learn the track over i mean i've raced it what three times now so i'm just i don't know still not good at it. it's not one of my favorite tracks to drive at uh i do know that tires tires are huge at gateway and they get eat they get eaten up quick that's that's one thing I know. <laughs> so I'm I, I know personally I'm trying to learn different ways to save tires and still be fast in the long run. Um, I know some of the lines I've been taking are a little 
on the um, not defensive side, a lot it opens myself up for a lot of attacks. So I something I'm going to have to balance. It's going to be interesting. So hopefully to get some practice in this weekend. To uh, I don't know. One win ain't enough. <laughs> I know you're this guy somewhere. here. <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up about uh, Worldwide Tech is the pit road entrance and exit um, are relatively tricky. Uh, there is an access road on both sides, um, entering mm-hmm. and exiting, which I haven't seen confirmation, but just based off the past and what I'm assuming um, is that we will be using the access roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I in. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Steven. I, that, that's <laughs> so, so the access roads are almost a necessity. Yeah. Um, I have tried to just messing around. I have tried entering uh pit road out of turn four. It doesn't work. There's, there's not enough room there because there is an, uh, an infield as it were, there is a little bit of grass there and there's just not enough space. So, um, on top of that access road, um, and this is probably the biggest track we see this at and, Everyone's gonna have to head have a heads up, because if you go, let's say you have a car in front of you going onto pit road, and for some whatever reason strategy, you're gonna stay on the racing surface. You still have to be behind that car, so you need to be constantly aware your position against the position of the car that's trying to pit. Because if you pass. Before they actually enter pit road, you get that black flag for passing under yellow. And that is going to be a probably one of the most contentious uh, argument points of this race. We've, we've seen some, uh, some minor issues regarding black flags passing under yellow. You know, there's been some gray area. But here, there, there's not a lot of gray area. You need to be behind that car. And that car on that access road is going to go slower. So you need to be aware that you are also going to go slower because you cannot pass that car. And that's going to be another one of those um, interesting details of the track that we're going to be watching. And it, I have a feeling it may actually uh, determine a decent amount of finishing positions uh, at the end of the race. I'm glad you brought that up because that does seem to to be an issue every time we go to Gateway. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want to have to be clearing penalties for, for something like that because i mean at the end of the day that is a an eye racing that is a legitimate mm-hmm. penalty it's not a not an issue with the track it's not an issue that we know going in it's it's part of eye racing um and usually at most tracks you see that car so you don't have to worry about them um i know it's also it can be a problem sometimes at homestead pending if mm-hmm. uh use the access road but i think most people don't even use the access road anymore um but yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up and hopefully some of our drivers can can listen to this and get that heads up going in uh, if it doesn't get set again but i'm sure it will be yeah um, adam does a good job putting out all information for all the tracks so it's just a matter of whether people decide to uh check in on that or not <laughs> um but uh yeah no he, he, adam will put put that out so i i'm more than positive based on history we will be using the access roads under green and yellow to get in the pits and yeah just just a heads up to all you all you guys in the league under caution, be very careful going in the pits because you will be like taking that access road. It is a very short way around the track, very short. Mm-hmm. And you will be going, you will be passing those cars outside of you. You do have to slow down and let them by. <laughs> those blacks will not be cleared. <laughs> those black mm-hmm. exactly. flags will not be cleared. Exactly. So just fair warning if you're a, a frequent listener, you now have a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, and, and that just adds to the complexity of this track. It's it's definitely a challenging side of the race. And on top of that, there's a patch. Uh, if I remember, there's like a concrete patch in one or two on the inside line where it's asphalt on the outside. It, we could go all night on this track and how just absolutely insane it is. And But it, it's personally, I enjoy the track. It, it brings a lot of racing, a lot of fun entertainment to those watching. So it, I'm, I'm excited personally. I feel like I can break my bad luck, maybe sneak into that top five, uh, finish in front of Steven Borbell there, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, give me a bigger cushion against Evan because I know Evan's going to be charging too. Definitely, I'll but my camera you're, you're not going to pass me. Oh, it did freeze. <laughs> well, uh, Richard, I think that's a sign, though, don't that you? That is a sign. It is It is time, guys. I, I do have to get off here. I don't know if they're going to continue the podcast, but uh, I'm getting off here. I got my qualifying heat race for the Podium 500. Uh, if you guys do want to come and watch and cheer on, it will be uh, broadcasted by the Podium Esports crew at twitch.tv slash Podium Esports. So, uh, well, good luck so, yeah. to you, Richard. We uh, I know I'll be tuning in. Um, here in a bit to uh to root you on but other than that um good luck and we hope the best for you to make that heat right, exactly guys. good luck hey tell revis we all said hi <laughs> he's watching the podcast so he says hi, he hears you <laughs> Gavin i'll see also you guys says good luck all right take it easy man good luck well that messed up my cameras now <laughs> yes it did i'll fix that real quick you can do it steven i can try at least can't promise I can do it, but my camera didn't get messed up. That's what matters the most. Yeah, well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> so what what would what else we got next coming up here, Stephen? We talked about worldwide tech. Uh, we talked about the points. Um, you know, we had the clash. We uh, did the have clash the clash was this past week. Um, due to weather, there was a lot of changes. Yes, um, and I wasn't aware of those changes, so I attended <laughs> my best friend's wedding this weekend, uh, which was Saturday, um, so it was a very busy day for myself um, and others included, so I didn't even know about the change. Um, I did know it was supposed to rain in LA from Sunday mm-hmm. to Wednesday and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I had no idea that the, the clash was moved to Saturday night until I woke up Sunday afternoon and <laughs> saw the mm-hmm. highlights, and I was like, what's going on right now? But, well... I- you know, I, I, I got to applaud NASCAR for being proactive. They did what was best to get at least the events in. Um, but here's the downside of that is, I, especially the Clash of LA. It's a short track, quarter mile, little, it's even a smaller paperclip in Martinsville. Right. I look forward to the heat races. I love seeing 10, 12  drivers trying to to beat each other′s door to get into the final. And I absolutely that, that I think that was the um, saving factor for the, the the clash when it moved to LA for me personally is those heat races. I love watching the heat races. You get rid of those heat races. I, I, it was hard to watch. It wasn't as fun to watch to me because it was just one race and I, I, I like heat racing straight up. So personally, it was a good move on NASCAR, but I felt as 
a fan of it, wanting to be entertained, wanted to see a race. I was a little disappointed. Um, in fact, um, I watched half of the Mexico NASCAR series, mm. and that was way more entertaining than the Cup cars. Uh, in fact, Daniel Suarez ended up winning that race. Uh, I missed it because it was past my bedtime because I'm old. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Daniel Suarez won that. And in fact, a little uh, a little tidbit I, f- I saw on Facebook after he won that race, he actually uh, found some fans in uh, somewhere and uh, kind of crashed their barbecue. He raided all their carne asada, oh, had man. some uh, had some. Uh, food and took some pictures with the fans and it was really hilarious I, I loved watching um, the NASCAR Mexico series run because it was in my opinion way more entertaining than the Cup series and so um, rumor has it this will probably be the last one at the Coliseum yes. uh, they haven't really came out with any potential replacements but personally I miss Speed Weeks. I love seeing cars on track at Daytona for for a week. I I really miss that. I I absolutely miss that part of Speed Week. So, um, as much as it was an interesting experiment um, with a mixed bag of successes and failures, I really want to see it back at Daytona next year. I couldn't agree with you more. And going back to of what you were saying about the race maybe not being the most exciting. Um, I, I do remember growing up as a kid and, and getting ready for the Budweiser shootout of what it used to mm-hmm. be. Um, it, it was always something I was so excited for. NASCAR season's right around the corner. It usually was like maybe the weekend before Valentine's Day. I mean, it's roughly the mm-hmm. same time of year kind of thing. It just always uh, reminded me of of the Budweiser shootout times, Valentine's Day, that is. Um, mm-hmm. And no, it may not have always been the best race, even back then. Um, I, I wasn't watching it for the excitement. I was watching it for to see that new driver in his new car, to see these new mm-hmm. body styles, to see these new paint schemes, to see these new teams, um, and really just get in- incorporated back into the NASCAR flow of things. So I think, mm-hmm. I, again, I give NASCAR a lot of credit as well for, for being proactive and at least getting the race in and getting them on track, which is more important than... Mm-hmm. nothing because if they didn't they were not going to race it, at all. yeah exactly we wouldn't have seen any action and that would have been a big failure um mm-hmm. thankfully nascar has that documentary on netflix which will hopefully also bring hype into the season um so they're not necessarily relying on the clash to to do that for them uh mm-hmm. like in years past like that's usually the only thing that they have going obviously they'll have ads <laughs> on fox the weeks before mm-hmm. and whatnot but um I have heard rumors, don't know how true these rumors are, of next year potentially NASCAR is looking into uh, Mexico for the Clash. I don't know anything about what kind of track or where it would be, um, but I think I'm with you. If I'd love to see it return to Daytona. Um, heck, bring it to Texas Motors. Actually, no, don't bring it to Texas Motors Speedway. I won't be there. Atlanta, maybe, but... but Charlotte, it, even it, like I don't care. Like, oh, like Charlotte, Charlotte would be a good one. Uh, Daytona, honestly, like that, and maybe I would throw in Bristol. Like, if it's not one of those three tracks, well, and so I'm, I'm going to add on top of this, Stephen. Um, we're we've gone what? This is the third or fourth year with absolutely minimum practice, right? Oh yeah, that. So so these. And with the Clash being in L.A., 
all these drivers going to the Super Bowl of NASCAR uh, with virtually zero practice. Uh, these last couple of years, we've seen it. The first couple of stages, uh, almost until there's like 50 laps left of the race, it's kind of bland. All the cars are, uh, all the drivers are filling their cars out, filling the track out, filling all the other drivers out. Um, in this age of minimum practice that we have found ourselves in, why is it so bad to put at Talladega, make, you know, bring back the shootout, bring back the duels? It's not necessarily it's not necessarily practice, but it is practice. Like, it actually means something. There, there's a lot of stuff going on of those, but all these drivers are still practicing for the 500. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they brought it back, if they brought back the duels, the shootout, all that stuff, by the time the 500 comes around, at the start of the green flag, we're going to see action. We're going to see a bunch of drivers doing a lot of stuff that they'd only feel confident doing practicing that they don't get anymore. So I feel like we can kill a couple birds with one stone. They get their practice in. They get a feel out for their fellow competitors, the drivers, the track, the car. And then they also bring the product to the track on Sunday for the 500. So uh, I... I I, I may be overloading and, and going too far into this, but I think there's the pros outweigh the cons on this. And, and, and especially this year, Toyota has a new body style. Ford has a new body style. Uh, this would be... Exactly. And the, the shootouts, the duels would be a great place to measure that out, but they can't do it because it's NLA instead of Daytona. So well, I will say the duels do still exist, don't they? The Daytona duels on Thursday, or yeah, uh, okay. They're not I, I called think the duel, or maybe they are. I don't know what they're called anymore. I, I don't. I, yes, I think so, actually. Um, but still, I mean, I would love to see cars on track for two weeks in a row at oh, Daytona. I mean, you can't their, their beat first that. practice for Daytona is is qualifying. That is the first yeah, exactly. time that these teams have been on track at Daytona this year, which to me is crazy. And you're only asking for issues. Um, well, even I, if it's an I, hour practice session, I don't even care. Like something, get these people well, making sure can, everything works. Exactly, and I can see that side of it too. You know, the the drivers don't know what they're getting into in the five hundred, but the drivers, being as professional as they are, in the race, they're not going to push anything. They're not going to do anything crazy until they know what they got under them, under the seat, in, in their hands, on the wheel. They're not going to do anything. Unless but if you give them... trying to qualify in. Exactly. So if if you give these drivers another week, you don't even have to call it practice, but some kind of exhibition events just to get these drivers familiar and comfortable in, in a transition year like this with the new body style for two out of three of the manufacturers... I, I just feel like they, they, they kind of uh, missed the mark there on how to approach it. Well, let me ask you this, Carl. So you, you brought up of like the, I'm assuming we call it the Bud Shootout, but the Bud Shootout being a exhibition of sorts. But back in the day, it was a pole position winner from the previous year's race only. So it was an exclusive, like, qualifier to mm -hmm. even get in sometimes you'd only have 15 cars out there and it was still mm -hmm. like it was just fun enough to see them are, are you wanting 
to see something similar to that revert back to even if it's just those cars like give them the extra advantage mm-hmm. i mean they deserved it from last season to like mm-hmm. add some prestige to the race don't just let all 36 cars go out there mm-hmm. and... okay oh d- Oh, definitely. I I want uh, if you want to pull, if you want to race, if stuff like that. I want to see you out there because not only are they having that pressure, but they're also like, well, I earned this from last year, so they're gonna want to still apply, put on a good show. And if you think about it, uh, it, even if it were to have that format, you have Chase Elliott, you have William Byron, you have Denny Hamlin, you have Joe Logano. I mean, you have Chris Buescher, who won a race last year. Uh, So that gives all these drivers an opportunity to get their car on the track and get everything kind of situated. I I honestly think that would be a good thing. Now, I think one of the reasons why NASCAR started to go away from that is the cost. Because I remember back in the day, there were the big, and it's more on the smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to the, cut the cost on the smaller teams, but these bigger teams, JGR, RCR, Hendricks, uh, Stuart Haas even, okay, they have plenty of backup cars. Uh, I th- what was it? Dale Earnhardt one year when they were still doing this, he went through four cars because <laughs> he wrecked in the shootout, in the duel, in practice, I mean, he he actually had a fourth backup car that he needed to go to because he wrecked all those cars and all those other events. So I can see that. But at the same time, if you're trying to grow a viewer base, if you're trying to attract more viewers to your product, I think that's the cost of running business. And you know what? If it comes to it, I'd rather see all those big teams, all those four or five major teams, multi-car teams, if, even if it has to do it, I want to see them run because they can afford it. If the smaller teams don't want to run, cool, I understand. But those bigger teams can, and I would love to see them run. But, I mean, even with the charter system now, so, like, it makes the small teams aren't as small as they used to be. There's no part or starting parkers anymore. There's no teams that are mm-hmm. really scraping at the bottom of the barrel trying to to make it on track um you have those 36 charters which are 36 teams that are getting paid each week Mm -hmm. no matter what so i i I think it shouldn't be a problem for them and especially it's something of if they have to qualify it for it by winning a poll or winning a race whatever it may be like it it makes them want to be there it makes the the sponsor Mm -hmm. that's sponsoring them that race uh, want to pay potentially even more mm-hmm. for that race because like it, it's a prestigious event like it's a high honor um, mm-hmm. to be invited kind of thing so I, I'm curious to see what they'll do to it now that they're out of that contract with the LA Coliseum it was cool while it lasted I, I applaud NASCAR for giving it a try and honestly I'm mm-hmm. not even like if they were to do something similar across the country I'm not going to be upset about it um, because it's a good way to activate and uh, mm-hmm. to get fans and potentially areas that fans don't uh, exist currently for NASCAR or it's limited. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see over the coming, I guess we'll say months. Um, I'm sure they'll announce it relatively soon of what they're planning on doing, but who knows? You, you know, NASCAR is one of those bodies where they would love to have stuff set in place. Mm-hmm. They, they, they like to have stuff planned out, but these past I mean, I'm going to go pre-COVID by a couple of years. Is these past five, six years, they've kind of done the spur of the moment changes. Uh, let's talk about um, the Watkins Glen. Not done. 
Well, well, the charter deal. Okay, now, okay, the charter deal. <laughs> my dad used to raise, all right, and and he always said you don't go racing. I've always heard it. You don't go racing for the money. You go racing for the thrill. And if you win, cool, you got that money. But even though you're getting paid for those charters, I don't, I don't think it's enough to cover the cost of a full car if you wreck it. But I think um, in this like this market of NASCAR is in, it's it's not sustainable without. I I could argue, mm-hmm. I'm trying to become like other sports leagues that that thrive. The NBA with mm-hmm. their revenue sharing, the NFL. Um, at the end of the day, one can't exist without the other. That being the drivers mm-hmm. existing without uh, the governing body NASCAR and them trying to get their fair cut for what they bring to the sport um mm-hmm. yeah it's well tough. and well and then and then going into how nascar lately has been evolving uh let's um talk about the caution the stage cautions at road mm. courses uh we went to watkins Glen. they said we're not gonna throw cautions for the stages uh, michael mcdowell ended up winning that cool i absolutely love that win michael mcdowell winning it. i love seeing um guys like that win those races seeing the emotions seeing them just over the moon with that and i I actually liked that move where they weren't going to throw cautions on road courses for the stages but immediately after that race they come out and announce oh by the way we're going to reinstitute cautions for stages Mm -hmm. so nascar is in itself as a body transitioning between being proactive and just being like in the rhythm this is the year we're not going to change anything now they're being really really uh focused on trying to uh, change and adjust things on the fly for the fans for the drivers for the teams and i think it's caught everyone in a sense of limbo how do we plan there's no consistency at this point these last couple of years. How do we plan? How do we strategize? How do we focus on our team, our car, and what we what our strengths and weaknesses are? So it, it, it is a huge wild card with the clash, uh, that, that contract expiring, um, and a lot of other things going on. So it, it's hard to say what NASCAR is going to do moving forward because they have been so inconsistent the past five, six years. Yeah, and that, that's just part of what they've been doing and it's frustrating at times but at, at some other times they, they've made good calls that have benefited the sport mm-hmm. so i can't hate on them too much um thinking real quick we actually forgot to do our predictions for next week's race um, oh we won't have richard's prediction this week but i do want to know who you who, who your pick is for next week in uh at gateway worldwide tech oh i Sorry, Steven. I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit there. Um, I'm going to pick Gavin. I've seen him race there. I broadcasted him race there. I've raced with him on there. He's he's a total, completely different animal. He he can break later in turn one, still hit that apex, and then he can carry so much speed through three and four, uh, getting onto the front stretch. I. I honestly don't think I can. I mean, besides uh, your win, Wicked Season One, hey, was what was that? Three. I, I backed into that win. I'm gonna be honest with it's, you. Well, and that's the thing is, you won it, but it was luck. And Gavin and Adam were were definitely battling for that win there. So, it, Gavin is so very strong at Gateway. I'm 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 gonna uh, take the easy way out and pick him. That's fair. I can't blame you for that. And I'll take the <laughs> other side of the coin. I'll take Adam. 
Uh, mm-hmm. He mentioned of him being very good there. I know it's one of his favorite tracks. Um, mm-hmm. So he he always does well there. Last time I picked Adam, he ended up winning. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can roll with that. And uh, for all sakes, Richard, we'll say he picks himself. Okay. You know, you, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I can honestly see Richard picking someone like Jared or Evan because yeah. Jared has shown his speed. Evan has shown the speed. Um, if if they can if they can avoid the small mistakes and avoid the bad luck, both of those drivers, uh, I feel, can be in contention for that win. So, uh, I, I I can see Richard picking either one of those drivers as well. That's fair. And yeah, sorry to bring that up again. I just, I, I think that's two weeks now in a row. I've forgotten to to bring that up, but it's my old age catching up to me. Oh well, your old age. What are you, twenty seven? Give me hey, a break. I'm not. No, no age. No ASL. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. So you did age yourself a little bit with that. <laughs> but um, any other NASCAR uh, topics you want to discuss? Changing gears again. Um, NASCAR itself, I think the big thing was the clash and how all that ended up. Um, we have Daytona coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, drivers are getting prepared for that. Um, in iRacing news, uh, the NASCAR, I'm sorry, the Coca-Cola e-NASCAR series has announced they increased the price pool to $500,000. Now, I know that the uh, previous years, at least the last couple of years, the champion of the season gets three hundred grand. So, yeah, yeah, can you imagine that? Yeah. So, with an extra little bump in the price pool, are they either going to A, put that towards the championship horse, or B split that up and divide it amongst special events throughout the season and maybe disperse some of that cash. Either way you look at it, half a million dollars over a season is a ton of cash. Even, I mean, even if I won 300 grand on a, uh, the taking the championship, I know I wouldn't have to work for five years. Yeah, so, so them uh, upgrading and increasing that price pool is huge. Uh, not in not in just the terms of iRacing and uh, e NASCAR, the Coca Cola series, but in esports in general. Esports has been picking up. Uh, we know Call of Duty leagues. There's League of Legends, uh, all that stuff, and that has gained ground and gained traction. Um, but now e NASCAR, iRacing, sim racing as a whole is trying is starting to get that traction as well, and they are actually making moves to keep getting that attraction from fans from racers and it's it's going to be exciting to see this upcoming e-nascar season and i'm not too familiar with how their payouts work do they do payouts for individual events as well like is there a, a race purse like included not that purely standings based not that i'm aware of but i'm aware of very little um i know that these pro drivers actually have legitimate teams Backing them, you have right. RCR. I mean, Williams, Williams Esports. You hear if you listen to F1, you hear of Williams. They have a NASCAR e racing series. So, I, I don't know how that is distributed, but um, 
any cash is good cash. Uh, Richard <laughs> uh, obviously left. Um, he's hoping to just qualify to get into a race for a thousand bucks, and that's one of the largest iRacing single event payouts of the entire season. Um, so just seeing that uh, one thousand dollars versus half a million that it's gaining traction and i feel like you know can only go upwards from here that that's very exciting and anytime i think of uh e-nascar really taking off i think the sport really helped um do that in 2020 or 2019 whatever it was Mm -hmm. with with covid of putting those i-racing invitational pro invitational events on tv even if it was cable Mm -hmm. tv um, put a lot of eyeballs to it when there were no sports going on. So glad to see that the traction is still there for uh, eNASCAR and hopefully still growing. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. That's how I got involved. I heard that uh, COVID came around. No racing. Daytona happened. Ryan Newman's crash. We all remember that crash if you oh, follow yeah. NASCAR. Um, and then two weeks later, everything shut down because of COVID. So I got into watching iNASCAR or, you know, the iRacing NASCAR side. And that's what got me where I am now. And in fact, uh, I I don't know if um, all of our listeners are uh, familiar with some of these drivers. Uh, The Podium, Podium Esports is one of the bigger broadcasting companies. They put a lot of stuff together. Um, My Heat, I ran uh, last night. I just missed out on my qualifying slot by one spot. Um, but I know, um, I raced with, uh, Roger Carruth. Um, Roger Carruth was in my heat. He actually qualified for the LCQ, the last chance qualifier. Um, I know Anthony Alfredo has, uh, signed up for this. And then in turn, and that's, those are IRL racers in terms of the E-NASCAR racers. Uh, Casey Kerwin's in here. Uh, Matt Busa has been running. I know he, uh, obviously advanced, um, uh, there's just so many drivers that attract this. And so, uh, it, it's not only gain traction, it's, it's only building itself bigger and bigger and bigger. I think we had almost 300 entries for this event and it's going to get whittled down to 40 cars to race on Sunday. So it's and that's it, this Sunday. I think it's this Sunday because I know the, um, duels and the LCQs are Saturday. Gotcha. So uh, this Sunday, you will see um, arguably the best 40 drivers in iRacing battle for a $1,000 paycheck. Yeah, and we, uh, we hope Richard can, can qualify mm-hmm. and uh, come up where you unfortunately could not. <laughs> it was a little heartbreaking to... Uh, it, it, it was it was very heartbreaking, but it it was an experience. Um, Stephen, uh, you, Richard, and I were discussing uh, the NASCAR iRacing series, and that is a thirty-six uh, week series that iRacing puts on. It's separate from um, A class, B class, C class. You say it. Um, it's separate, but it follows the real life schedule uh, week in advance of NASCAR. And so you get to race. Um, the big events are the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's next weekend for NIS. Uh, the 600 at Charlotte. And the Southern 500. Now, there's usually a wild card race. Last year it was Bristol 500, and that's the race I missed. 
Um, but a lot of these drivers, a lot of these guys love racing that because it gives them practice or otherwise um, being able to um, show their prowess throughout the entire season. I finished seventh in my division. I was division three last year. I'm probably going to be division two. Um, I, honestly, the whole season of NIS, I gained at least 800 I rating. Oh, wow. Um, and, and that was just racing all... 36 oh well trying to race all 36 tracks uh, like i said i missed bristol so i got 34 races in uh minimum um i think i know uh the daytona playoff race i think i tried to run that three times i got worked out every freaking time uh and so but all the, that racing uh, really came to help you um uh, oh oh development. definitely Definitely. I mean, it, it, and that's the weird thing about iRacing is if, if you start doing good, it's going to place you in higher and higher splits. So um, for our listeners that don't follow iRacing regularly, um, iRating is a number um, that is kind of calculated on your finishing position um, versus everyone else around you. Uh, so, and that, that's kind of the crazy thing about NAS is since my I rating was, I want to say, like 18, 1900 at the beginning of the season. I started at Division three, and it starts 1, 2, 3, and it goes down based on I rating. And as you go up and you gain I rating through those races, even though you're in a certain division, it still puts you in the appropriate splits. Um, I raced uh, Roger Carruth at Watkins Glen during an NIS race, and he just ran away with it. I, I couldn't believe it. It was nuts. Uh, and it was funny because people were picking on him because that was uh, I like to race Saturday mornings and people were like, "Hey, uh, don't you have like an Xfinity or truck race <laughs> to get into?" And he's like, "Oh, I got a couple hours, no problem. Just getting some laps in, no, no big deal." It was hilarious, um, but it's it's that's how I racing judges and kind of equalizes the field. And I was able to gain. I went from eighteen, nineteen hundred. I'm now over twenty seven hundred I rating, and it did help. But that just goes to prove that as I was in those kind of lower splits, when I got into the heat last night for this podium and I'm racing these pro drivers, the energy felt different. The way they were driving felt different. It was in a completely different experience that, honestly, I wasn't prepared for. I wanted to qualify for the LCQ. I wanted to progress. But this is definitely a stepping stone and a... Uh, humbling learning experience which i hope to build off of later so uh, this nis season i am definitely definitely looking forward to i hope to finish top 10 again yeah and i i hadn't been too familiar with uh, the whole nis seasons i knew it existed and didn't really know like formats of it and hopefully uh if things all work out maybe i'll try to get into those sessions with you uh each week and and because I think we'll probably be in the same splits, so we're right around the same I rating mm-hmm. as of right now. So I, I think that would be a lot of fun, and definitely mm-hmm. being able to drive every track, um, or at least get half. They do fifty percent races. Is that right? Um, fifty percent, other than the uh, Crown Jewel. So, like I said, Daytona five hundred, Southern five hundred, Coca Cola six hundred. Um, and then there's like I said, a wild card. I don't think they've announced it yet. Last the year card. was the Bristol five hundred. Um, so I don't know, but honestly, and it, you know, it's funny you bring that up, Stephen. Uh, we raced uh, our last season at Wicked. We raced the Chicago Street Course. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, when that's and that was the first race of the season, so it was very different racing a road course for the first race of the season. But it actually fell on the week that 
NASCAR was there, the NIS was there. So right. I already had a little bit of practice going into that race. So and it can benefit you. And I know mm-hmm. what we, we try to do typically, at least with uh, in past leagues, of making the schedule try to line up with um, the NASCAR season because mm-hmm. then we don't have to throw up practice sessions. We don't have mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. There's <laughs> officials going on that you can do and get actual tangible experience um, on the track. The conditions might not be the same or whatever, but all that really helps and it'll help you remember the track for next time we have to race it mm-hmm. or something like that. So I'm, I'm hoping to, to be able to join with you. It would be a lot of fun to, uh, to race that full season, but well, well, I'm really excited because, uh, since the cup schedule added Iowa, mm. I think I raced Iowa on a one off, uh, charity race about a year, year and a half ago. And then the next gen cup car, and it was fun. Oh, my God. It was super fun. So um, not only am I really looking forward to the real-life NASCAR Iowa, I'm also really looking forward to the uh, NASCAR iRacing Series, the NIS Series there at Iowa as well. So that's another track I kind of have uh, mentally in the back of my mind that I'm looking forward to and hoping I can pull out a decent uh, finish there. It'll be interesting to say the least there um, <laughs> to track, say the I, least i do not like that track one bit personally driving on it uh watching it may be a different story but uh it reminds me a lot of kern a little bit bigger but just as slick um it's one of those tracks they'll bite you mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of fun um trying to think of anything else uh I, I don't want to touch any Daytona 500 predictions or anything until next week. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think for iRacing, the next special event is either this weekend or next weekend. It's the Bathurst 12-hour. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone in my inner circle running it. Um, personally, I tried running it last year. Absolutely disaster. And that was self-inflicted. Um, if you're not familiar with Bathurst, it's in the mountains of Australia. Um, this is a very huge event for those folks down under. Um, uh, but the track itself is absolutely insane. I have, I I know there's Nürburgring, um, over 12 miles. That is an extremely challenging track. I've, I've raced on that on, uh, Sims. Gran Turismo is a huge Sim I've run that on. Um, doesn't hold a candle to Bathurst. Really, Bathurst. So there, it, it it's the the track starts and ends with ninety degree corners. After the first corner, you're going up, and then automatically you're up the mountain. And it is left, right. It's very narrow, and very steep. And there's walls. There there is no off tracks because it's curb and wall. That's it. Huh. Then you get up to the top. And there's a little bit of open area, but then all of a sudden there, there's no gradual decline. It's like this up and then this down. And so, and, and on top of that, you're doing corkscrews and you're going left, right. I think there's one right, one left, one right, one left, one. So yeah, so you're doing this about three different times. And then you finally start leveling it out. And then you have another high speed section with a little bit of technicality in those. Bathurst is just an absolute insane track, which takes so much commitment, so much practice, and a lot of know-how to run, and I don't got it. So I really do hope uh, the drivers that are running that race 
Uh, good luck, because that respect, I can't do it. Yeah, it does not look fun. <laughs> I pulled up a track map. Um, 23 corners. Uh, mm -hmm. That already doesn't sound fun. And then looking at this layout of there's two long straights and then mm -hmm. a bunch of squiggly lines all over the place kind of looking. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think that's for me. You know, Steven, if you get bored, uh, boot up your Ferrari GT3, oh, yeah. run a couple laps, and and you'll understand quick. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But that, you said that's this weekend, potentially? It's either this weekend or next weekend, but although I think it is this weekend because Probably next weekend is the 24. Or, no. yes, Daytona. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I know, I know. Super Speedway race at Daytona? I'd be down. Let's do it. I'd be down, you know, driver swaps through through the through the window. I I am maybe, okay with this. Maybe that's something we can uh, discuss as a league to uh, potentially have. Maybe every, maybe not every season, but every season maybe have a specific event that we can host. Maybe it's a six-hour like Daytona race, or maybe even a twelve-hour or something like that. I feel like that would mm -hmm. be pretty unique. Um, well, I I, I know. I, I know there's some uh, some um, groups out there. Uh, a popular one is Miata's mm. um, at either Martinsville or oh, Bristol. Oh boy! How long do they, they run there? Um, I want to say like laps? four or six hours. It, it's 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 intense. Oof. That'd be fun, but yeah, I would love. I, I would I would be the first sign up there if someone said let's do a Daytona six hour the the, the Oval or Talladega or I'll do Atlanta even I'll Texas? do six hours Texas in Atlanta hour? nope <laughs> 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 nope not I, I I'm not a fan of Texas I can't figure out one and two and I I make it everyone's problem Legacy Texas okay maybe. Uh, but I would definitely be down for endurance oval racing because the thing about endurance racing is it, it tests not only the physical side of things, but the mental side of things. Um, we, we ran the 24 about a month ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I mentioned I was up for like 22, 21 hours of that race. And I had one of the later stints. So I'm here. I'm hopped up on Red Bull coffee and pizza trying to make sure i finish this race and not wreck us out and i, I yes daytona in itself and the 24 hour on the road course is a challenge yeah. but the mental acuity uh steven you can attest to this even for 500 miles 200 laps of daytona takes a lot out a of you a ton it, it's such a so mental chess game uh super speedway it, racing and now, can you imagine six hours of that? I, I would love to. Um, oh, I, I would be love in. Nothing more if we could run four hundred laps at Daytona or something like that. I, I would be all for that. Um, <laughs> Let's call it the Daytona five hundred, but instead of five hundred miles, it's five hundred laps. Yeah, honestly, like I, like you said, of signing up first, I'd be the first to sign up for that. That that's right in my wheelhouse, and uh, we'd have to figure out the details of fast repair situations and maybe no fast repairs, and then like that's how you. I don't know. Like that, pure speculation right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun to even just speculate and think about if 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 
anyone were to want to get involved in this, let us know. Uh, yeah. Hit us up on Facebook, to, uh, TikTok. I know Steven has set up a uh, email through the website you can hit up. So if, if, if anyone's listening to this or is going to listen to this and that's something you're interested in, let us know. And this could be the start of a ball rolling on something. Uh, maybe we can focus it around the um, July race at Daytona. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I think that would be wonderful. At least as a good starting uh, starting mm-hmm. place, and it can become a reoccurring event for for the BRB League and BRB Racing League. Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, that'd be a lot of fun. It, it would be so. Um, let's see. I'm looking at some of my notes. Uh, we went over. Points, standings. Next week, did that I racing NASCAR news. Um, <laughs> this I, I is the call. A quick shout out to just all all the drivers in our league. Um, we appreciate all y'all coming in mm-hmm. uh, each week, um, getting to talk to each of y'all and getting to know y'all um, as individuals and drivers has been a mm-hmm. real blessing to me and. Um, starting this league with with adam and gavin and obviously carl and richard y'all came along pretty early in the process um has been a really awesome experience um Mm -hmm. that i'm so incredibly thankful for and i just wanted to thank each and every one of y'all that have been involved whether that's your racing or um you're you're part of the admin team your rev and race control um someone else like nick uh mason uh just someone that's around um (laughs) We appreciate each and every one of y'all uh, for, for being yourself and being here with us. Um, and, we, and we look forward to hopefully many, many years and many seasons of, mm-hmm. of success together. Well, in, exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off that. And granted, um, there are leagues out there that can get 30, 40 cars regularly, every race. And I've been a part of those, uh, some of those. And, it's kind of a flip of the coin, whether or not they're a wreck fest or a clean race. And I, yes, we may not have the car count, but the driver quality, the amount of personalities and um, willingness to help the other driver, this has been unmatched in anything I've seen, done, been a part of. And it, it, it's super flattering. Adam, Adam is one of those people that he attracts other good people, I feel. And it's very humbling to be a part of seeing how Adam carries on and does this. He does all the practices and it's, it's Adam puts so much work. A lot of people don't understand to put on a good league, uh, to, to make a spot for races to come together and communicate and all that other stuff. There's so much that goes into it. And Adam makes it look easy. I don't know how he does it. I couldn't do it, but Hats off to Adam. Hats off to Gavin. You, Steven, I know you guys are really the core group. Um, Rev is also amazing. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Brendan asking for help for five minutes left in the practice, and Rev says, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll come in and help you. And he, he starts chopping off two tenths off his time. So Rev is another one of those uh, individuals that I – I don't know what we would do without because not only does he provide the race control, he provides a uh, objective kind of point of view. In fact, um, my my podium heat was last week. Or I'm sorry, last night. Jeez, uh, time warp. Uh, <laughs> even after that, I was kind of heated. But even Rev, I, I talked with Rev. It's like, hey, maybe focus on X, Y, Z. You could have gained another spot, and that 
that's really the difference between making it into the race and not. So uh, hats off to all you guys and everything, all the hard work that's come into this. It's, it, it is really something to see how this has come to be. Definitely. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I brought this up with you bring something else up. Um, I didn't know if you had something that you wanted to discuss real quick. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I've, I've hit on all the news that I've been uh, lurking on Facebook on. So, um, well, if you're okay really? with it, I'm okay with wrapping it up. I know Richard's starting here in about 12 minutes and, uh, yeah. want to make um, sure that you can get a chance to watch it. Um, and anyone that's watching us, if you want to hop over there and, and support a, a, a league driver and a, a close friend of ours, um, Exactly, and this will be the very last heat. This is heat 10. This is 10 out of 10. Um, the format goes, uh, if you finish 1 through 5, you qualify automatically for the duels. Um, 6 through 13th, you have to run the last chance qualifier. So we're really hoping that at least Richard gets that last chance qualifier. Obviously, the easiest way is just automatically qualify for the heats. Yeah. Um, but in a perfect world, we'd all would do that. But that's why they have the LCQ. So uh, definitely, if you are listening in, you want to support Richard out there, he is um, getting ready uh, about, like you said, 12, 13 minutes. And Rev, our local race control, is actually spotting for him. So that will be very interesting to see. Um, Podium Esports, they have been broadcasting and streaming it on youtube so uh, i think right now I, I know last night they did heats one through five in a huge chunk so i'm pretty sure they're, they're going to do six through ten and so ten is coming up soon if you want to support richard go and tune in on youtube and cheer him on and i do know they are on twitch as well yes mm -hmm. so twitch as well youtube whatever is easiest for you um that will be there but I uh, just wanted to uh, thank everyone for, for tuning in. Thank you for joining, taking some time out of your week, and, and come here and hang out with us. Um, just a reminder, a new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast every Friday, uh, live streams being on Thursday night. For up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup Series, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit us at www.brbracingleague.com. Uh, please be sure to share and like the podcast. Um, if you have any questions or any comments you want potentially brought up on the show, please feel free to send us an email um, or even a comment or DM on Facebook, whatever the case. Um, the email address is brbracingleagues at gmail.com, um, and we may, may answer it live on the show. Uh, I do also want to thank um, Butt Kicker, Sundance Pizza, TriVista, and Idealies for supporting BRB Racing League and the Butt Kicker Cup Series. Um, Carl, thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, Richard, if you're still listening, good luck. And uh, we'll see y'all next week at uh, Worldwide Tech. Yes, sir. And, and guys, don't be shy about submitting questions. Um, I don't know about Steven, but I will answer just about anything. Um, and he'll answer will honestly. Ask I will answer honestly. I don't have any other gear than that. So if, if you have any question, racing-related, non-racing-related, um, if I have to do research, I will do it. But uh, ask a question, and you will get an answer one way or the other. Sounds good. 
All right, and that email again is brbracingleagues, with an S, at gmail.com if you have any questions for Mr. Carl Pooler or, <laughs> or any of us here. But we will catch you all again next week. Thank you all, and have a good weekend.